Welcome to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast, where the cross and the culture are on a collision course for discussion. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Now, the world around us views advancement in civilization in terms of technology. They seem to completely disregard the increase in moral deficiency and lack of quality in education. They point to technological advancements as proof that man is somehow evolving into this wonderfully accomplished creature. As Bible-believing Christians, we tend to be thorns in the world's side by way of introducing sobriety to various conversations. Our inability to simply join the crowd and praise man's accomplishments frustrates them, but there are valid concerns regarding technological advancements, thereby causing us to come along in a slow and cautious manner. I've often heard you lament the current state of radio preaching, and you've spoken about it briefly already, but just in Central Florida. I know there are pockets of radio preaching where it's still thriving, still doing well. Middle Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, there, South Carolina. There are areas where it's still doing well. How's it going in Florida? Okay. They're doing well compared to other parts of America. Sure. Let's, let's take the world and then we'll back up and go to the church. Okay. When when the Fox News people brag, we have the top-rated show. Last night, we had 3 million viewers. Sure. That means they didn't have 327 million viewers. Right. <laughs> okay? So it's, it's all a matter of perspective. It is. You know? <laughs> it is. So the top-rated news program isn't touching what everybody but, else is but doing. 1% <laughs> of the country. Sure. Nobody's listening. Sure. To their conservative voice, if you want to call it. Right. Okay. So the most influential Christian radio station that's reaching Nashville, thank God it's there. Mm-hmm. Nashville's not listening. Sure. Some Christians in Nashville are glad to listen. Um, the top-rated Christian station in Greenville, praise the Lord, we're on it. We get a letter every couple of weeks, wow. which is uh, more than we get from other stations. Sure. But Greenville, South Carolina is not listening to Christian radio. Right. There's just enough Christians there to have a good Christian radio station. So I don't nationally, I don't see any ministry having an influence other than total anti-biblical outfits like Joel Osteen or Rick Warren right. or Joyce Meyer, right. the the people that are having a national that have a national voice are not a voice for biblical Christianity. Sure. Now, when you when you reduce that down to say Central Florida, the the last Christian station in Central Florida was WTLN. They were the conservative fundamental station from the 60s up until the 20 teens. Okay. They went secular talk radio. Where were they located? Last year, Orlando. Orlando. So there's a couple of, of 
conservative preachers on the station here in Deland. So if you have a radio, AM, FM, and you drive from Tampa to Daytona, start in the morning, and then just drive back and forth all day long, on one station you might hear two fundamental preachers all day long on the radio. It, it's just gone. The big station in Orlando that's supposed to be Christian mm-hmm. is not, they don't call themselves a Christian station. They call themselves a positive station. Sure. And it's all, it's all uh, contemporary Christian music all day, no preaching. Right. So that's, that's where we are. I mean, I thank the Lord for, um, you know, the fundamental uh, Baptist network and the independent church-owned stations, and even a few secular stations that still have Christian programming on it, but Christian radio as as a medium of reaching and influencing sure. America, right. that's gone. Right. That's, that's gone. So from here on out, how are you planning and preparing are you are you planning and preparing to exit that medium? Or I know it's a it's kind of near and dear to your heart. We're and, we're still on, man. I'd have to look. We're probably still on fifteen to twenty stations, okay. and that is the preaching of the cross. The the I mean, this is the radio program. Full, you've been doing yeah, for. full thirty minute program. We're still doing it. Most of those stations, the station carries our program because they want the program on their station. We're not paying for the airtime. If we had to pay for the airtime, we probably wouldn't be on the station because it just, it generates no response. There might be people listening, but we don't know that. The one, the one plus to broadcasting on the internet, as opposed to broadcasting on the radio is you have verifiable numbers to determine who's listening and who's not listening that you can't get with, with radio. Um, We've never asked for money on the radio or anywhere else. So whether or not we could fund a radio program by soliciting donations, I don't know because we've never done it. Right. But if we had to stay on any station based on the listener contributions, we'd we'd have never been on any of them for <laughs> for two weeks. Sure, it just it just doesn't happen. With the videos that you're recording online, and 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 again, we're going to get into some of that. Do you see that as eventually being the future of the preaching of the cross program? Are are you viewing it in that way, or are you just recording videos to teach through the Bible and put online? And by that, I mean not, not the preaching from the pulpit necessarily, but the extra videos like you've been doing, like from the book of Revelation. What I'm, what I'm trying to do with topics that, for example, we're teaching through Revelation, it's way too extensive to make that your radio program. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on topics that I think would have an appeal to a larger audience, right. I'm trying to make those videos the same length as a radio program. Okay. So we can do the audio and the video. Sure. The thing of it is, there's not an open door for radio. The church-owned stations are broadcasting people who, and I'm, I'm not being critical. Sure. They're broadcasting people their pastor trusts. Right. That, that is rarely me. Right. <laughs> for, and I'm not saying they don't trust yeah. me. They don't know, they don't know me. They, right. the, the Fundamental Baptist Network, um, I, I've had several meetings with them. Um, many of their pastors don't agree with me on something, so they don't want to put me on their network because it's a pastor's network and they, you know, they all get along with you. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying the day when you could just contact these hundreds of Christian stations and buy a spot, those days are gone. The stations that are still somewhat Christian are all owned by one or one or two brokers, and like we tried to get uh, the Gospel Hour on the Deland station, mm-hmm. the broker who owns the rights to the Gospel Hour 
has an exclusive contract with another station sure. in Central Florida yeah. that doesn't even play the program anymore, yeah. that nobody else in Central Florida can play it. So it's not like you can't just go out and get on the radio. Right. So that's that's gone. It's become so bureaucratic that you got to know somebody, and we don't know those people. And, sure. Well, and and there's a lot of not. You have to have money. Sure. You got to have money to run a church. You got to have money to run a radio station. We don't have the money to pour into radio mm -hmm. because missionaries have proven a better investment than radio. Sure. So it's, and we're not anti radio. It's just kind of um, <laughs> in 90, no, this is before we came over here, probably 86 or 87, Brian Tolby owned. WCCZ in New Smyrna. Mm -hmm. And that's the station we were on weekly, got to know him. And he told me one day there in the, in the lobby, and he said, it's too bad. It's too bad you didn't start sooner. He said, you're really good at this. But AM radio is going to go the way of the passenger railroad. Sure. He said, it'll still be there. Right. But it won't be the the choice for transportation and sure. it won't be the, and he basically, I mean, that was kind of him as a radio lifelong radio guy saying mm -hmm. you got a real short shelf life here. Well, that you better get into something else. So that's the case now with almost every medium that I grew up with and that you grew up with and saw developed over the years, radio, people don't really listen to the radio anymore. They have satellite radio mm -hmm. and then they went from satellite radio to now you have your phone. And then people aren't watching television anymore. They're watching YouTube. They're watching Netflix. Right. They're watching, it's all online. Every, everything, even the normal interaction that we're used to uh, dealing with in, in terms of trying to, you know, you tell people stay away from your television. It's, it's, it's going to harm you. It's, it's, it's not helpful. Well, okay. They'll stay away from it now. They're just going to. Yeah, <laughs> get yeah they got a small screen. Yeah. Small screen uh, in their hand. And so in terms of what you were just talking about, and in light of all of that, when you've come to the realization it's run its course, what do you do from there? Should you or or do we have the responsibility to pursue these, these other outlets? Okay, so here's where we are. People very critically ask, why is your website, jamesknox.org, not Bible Baptist Church? Right. By the time I finally gave in and allowed our church to get a website, mm -hmm. All the names were gone. All the domains were taken. <laughs> there was nothing left right. because I didn't want to go website. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute. We were way, way late to website. We were way, way late to YouTube. Mm -hmm. And here's why. I, I just, I'll explain it to you best I can. Mm -hmm. it's, it's 1982, and a young man gets saved, and he starts going to church. And a guy in his church says, well, you want, you want something to listen to during the week? Here's a sermon on cassette by a guy named James Knox. You'll get a blessing. The guy listens to it. He says, wow, how can I get some more of them? You write to that church. That church will mail you a catalog. You send your order to that church. That church will send you cassette tapes. There is nothing we're doing that puts that young Christian at risk. Right. Now, let's go back to 1982, and the guy says, wow, this cassette is really good. I want some more. Where do I get it? Well, across town, there's this place. It's, it's a really interesting place. Yeah. One side of it is a bar. The other side of it is a strip club. Right. And primarily... It's, it's a place that sells pornographic movies and magazines. If you'll go in there, mm -hmm. James Knox is in there and he'll give you a cassette. Yeah. Nobody, nobody would have sent anybody sure. into a, a porno nightclub bar to get cassette tapes to hear preaching. Sure. What, what, we are, what we're doing now, and I hate it. What we're doing now is we're sending people to the internet to get preaching. And the internet is every vile and filthy thing invented since Adam left the garden sure. at the push of a button. Right. And, and for a young 
Christian or a weak believer or a teenager anywhere in the world to hear me preach, they got to go to a porn shop. They've got to go to a sewer. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to make my preaching available, I have to put everyone who wants that preaching at risk. Well, let me, let me, I mean, that's, that's how I view it. Sure, I don't know if anybody sure. else sees it that way. No, no, but. I, that, that's definitely a very valid. And I think that's part of the reason for the hesitation and the debate and the, and it's, the, and the cautiousness. It's, it's so dangerous. But let me present it from the other side of the coin. Everybody's already on the internet. Why should there not be preaching for them to stumble upon? I, I understand that argument. I'm just not comfortable with, well, every every kid in town eventually is going to go buy a dirty magazine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't we have a booth in the dirty <laughs> magazine store? I mean, it's just, for some, some reason, it's like all the rules that used to apply mm-hmm. don't apply when it's the internet. Sure. And it's... It, because it's become such a major and, and here, function. And, and here's why it's even more dangerous in, it, in my thinking. Sure. Not you and not me, but back in the day when to see dirty pictures, you had to go buy a magazine. Right. It took a lot of guts for a 16-year-old kid to walk in that store, have to face a clerk, (laughs) hope they were going to let the kid buy the magazine, put a week's worth of lunch money on the counter, there was a lot involved in seeing a dirty picture. Sure. So it it wasn't easy. This internet, nobody knows what you're looking at. Right. Nobody's going to catch you looking at it. Right. There, there's, there's not any shame. There's not any embarrassment. There's not any cost. It is just, it is the greatest thing Satan ever invented. It's unbridled. It is. And there's, there's, little or no consequences. There's just a part of me that hates being part of that. Sure. And yet here's the justification. Yeah. (laughs) And and it has to be justification. Sure. Satan's seat was in Sardis. Okay. Somebody went there and built a church. God hates Babylon. Peter wrote a letter and said, I'm here in Babylon. (laughs) Yeah. So, the gospel has always gone to Athens and to Rome and to Corinth. And it just seems to me that today people don't live in a town. They live in their phone. Sure. Their, their world is not buildings and roads and real people. It's Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff that, and I, and then look, I'm like the guy you were talking about that, you know, do you have a DVD? <laughs> Cause I, I honestly, I don't know what an influencer is. I keep hearing <laughs> that he's an influencer. She's an, what is, I don't even know what that is. Sure. So are you on social media? What's social about not being with anybody? Absolutely. So I don't, yeah. I don't even, honestly, I'm not trying to be funny. I don't even know what these terms mean. Um, you had, you sent me some sample questions and there were some words I was going to ask you about. (laughs) I've never seen those words. I don't know what they are. So you kind of feel like how Elijah must've felt when he had to walk into Jerusalem after it'd become Sodom and, and, and a vile, wicked place. And God, do I have to go down there to preach to those people? Um, the prophets got defiled by their interaction with the city. Sure. Now I feel like we're defiling our ministries by wow. establishing them in the city, but I don't know how she reached the people. Yeah. In in high crime areas, we still knock on doors. People aren't letting you in their house. Right. We still preach on the street. We're in Florida. Everybody's in a car. They're not walking. There's no pedestrian traffic. We're doing it because it's in the Bible. We're not reaching people sure. I mean, very, very rarely. So sure. so again, I we're going to knock on doors. We're going to preach on the street. We're going to give out gospel tracts. We give out tens of thousands of them still. Sure. I can't remember the last time somebody called or came to church because they got a tract. Mm-hmm. So we're still doing it. But it just seems like 
you if you're going to reach people, you got to go where they live, and they live on that phone, man. They live on that on that internet. Right. But I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like our website is like renting a booth in a porn shop. Wow. That's that's what I feel like. It's like. If you, I know you're coming here anyway, so here we are. <laughs> and and take one of these while you're taking all of those. It just because that's what the internet is. It's just a sewer. Well, the, the internet has certainly has access to that, you know. I, and I guess I think oftentimes I'm still naive to some of these things. I don't visit porn sites, and I know how to control my internet access to an extent that I don't get advertised porn sites. Part of all the the tracking that Google does and that Microsoft does that freaks everybody out is meant for them to be able to display to you across the web the things that you would be interested in. Mm -hmm. It's in their interest to keep you online. So the things that get displayed to me are technology and preaching and, you know, things that I'm interested in. And so well, I, no, I, I guess I'm Here's still, all I'm saying. Sure. 20 years ago, you're sitting in your house right. and you think... Just the devil just puts this thought in your mind. Mm -hmm. Once you go to a strip club, there's a lot involved yeah, in right. going to a strip club. Right. Today, you're sitting in your apartment. You're a 19-year-old kid, <laughs> and Satan puts it in your heart. Why don't you look at some naked women? You don't have to go anywhere. No cover charge. No, no, Absolutely. No security cameras. That, that's all I'm saying yeah. is yeah. – it's a very, very, it's very dangerous, dangerous medium that we've kind of been forced to be a part of because that's where the people are that we're trying to reach. Yes, sir. And everybody that's trying to reach people with a false gospel or with lies is they're, there. They're there. Yeah. So, and they don't mind being there. They don't mind being there. And they got there first. They use the technology. They're well established. They're, well they're way ahead of us. They're way ahead of us. Now, the 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 idea or the incident, I guess you could say, that sort of got us here and sparked the little bit of interest that you have, <laughs> you have in being online was, uh, from what I remember, when you were back in Australia. If I get if I remember this correctly, you were on a boat out in the water and heard the Bible Baptist live stream all the way from Australia, and it really had a big impact on you. Can you we're, in, we're in real time. Right. And we weren't skipping church because we were a day ahead. <laughs> so, so I'm going out to dive on the Great Barrier Reef, and I'm watching a church service in the Bible Baptist Church in DeLand. I mean, if, if I could ever retire, <laughs> it couldn't be any better than that right there. Amen. So, so... So there it was. But then as part of that trip, we went to a city of 2 million people right. with not one King James Bible being church in it. We went to Sydney, Australia with millions and millions and millions of people. There's maybe three or four places you could go to church there and hear the King James Bible preached. So you realize there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people in the world. You're not causing that problem we talked about earlier. I'm not setting up a competition between me and your pastor. Right. There is no pastor. Right. Right. Um, there is nobody there starting a church. And and there's tens of thousands of cities and towns and villages all over the world that aren't going to have a missionary this year or next year or the year after. So if we can at virtually no cost. Sure reach everybody in the world with the gospel and Bible teaching, you know, you weigh that risk and right. Right. So to take your side of it, <laughs> it's not like they, they're only going to get the internet if I go on it. Right. They've already got the internet. Absolutely. It's not like they're only going to be online because they found out brother James is preaching online. Let's now we can, now it's safe. Mm -hmm. Um, so since people herding cattle in some desolate outpost in Africa have a cell phone, 
<laughs> with internet access. It's mind-boggling. <laughs> they do. Wouldn't it be nice if they could hear Bible preaching and true Bible preaching? Sure. So, so we've consented, and we're trying to figure out a way to do the best we can with right. it. Right. Um, it. It doesn't take away my concerns. Sure. And, and I think the concerns are valid. But in a day and age where I could probably name five people, five uh, good brothers, Bible-believing Christians, they got saved through some interaction with listening to preaching online, including myself. I got saved sitting yeah. in Saudi Arabia listening to Amen. Adrian Rogers preach online. Where you couldn't have a church. Right. Through various interactions there with people, God sparked something in my heart that said, man, you need to, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Not only are you in trouble and on your way to hell, you're sitting in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You know, I wanted so badly to go talk to a preacher and had and never had that desire before, but have absolutely no access to one mm-hmm. except for the internet. And I, I guess to some extent, when you think about the fact that, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, how much time people live online. Why would we not? It's it, to me. It's like making a, a gospel tract available as you're walking around everywhere you go, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I'm not saying we should disregard the extreme dangers, but people are not leaving the internet more and more. Of like your refrigerator is on the internet now, if you want it to be. Yeah. Your stove can be connected to the internet now, if you want it to be. And and from miles away, you could turn it on, set the oven, and it be preheated by the time you get home, if you want to. It just seems almost as though we have a responsibility to, to yeah, make I've, it available. I've, I've given in. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not, not so sure I, I'm happy about it, but sure. I've given in. Now, here's, here's another thing about it that I don't like, and, and I'll go to the world and then bring it in the church. Okay. In the 1960s, mm-hmm. 1970s, from, for, just from a purely secular standpoint, you had some extremely talented musicians Mm -hmm. and some extremely gifted singers who produced the the popular music of the world. Right. And most of them were not much to look at. (laughs) But nobody was looking at them. Right. A, A rare TV appearance. Sure. But... It's an audible communication. It's music. Along comes MTV, and now you don't have to have talent. We'll get somebody else to play the music. Right. You don't have to be able to sing. You'll, you can lip sync. In the studio, we'll auto-tune you. Mm-hmm. If you're beautiful, if you're cute, you get to make the music. So the talent's gone out of it. The talent people aren't seen. So what we've done to me, I I just, I resent that I have to make a video for you to listen to the preaching. It just bothers me that we've brought this this visual aspect to it. Into faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And now... People that are looking for preaching also have to have somebody that they want to look at for 40 minutes. He's got to either be handsome or he's got to be stylish or he's got to, you know what I'm saying? It it just, it adds 4k or 1080p. It it adds a carnal dynamic to it. That's another one of the things that I don't like about it because you know, you know what the Bible says, not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble, not many handsome are called. That's <laughs> 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 <must be> true. <laughs> well, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So to, to piggyback on what you're, you're just talking about, um, as we've traveled on deputation, I have been grieved at times by this move for pastors with their hair spiked and skinny jeans on and this move to this effeminate contemporary trying to keep up with the styles of the day not just that brother we've got to have the guy i can't be standing there preaching we've got to have the audio visuals i got to have pictures behind me and i've got to have you know little little and i'm not i'm not 
I'm not criticizing it. What we're, what we're doing is we're appealing to these people that grew up watching cartoons that have no attention span. And so now it's not, it's not just a sermon. I have to have a sermon plus pictures <laughs> plus lights yeah. plus, you know, little, <laughs> little uh, pop-ups on the screen to keep your attention. And it just, it is, it's, I, and YouTube has found a number of ways to exemplify that. They understand that that's, that's the mindset. I get it. And I'm not again. So I'm just an old guy who doesn't like what I'm being forced to do. It's like, I got to have jugglers and clowns <laughs> to keep, you know, to keep the audience. You're exactly right. Yeah. And it, it's, we've kind of hammered this nail to death, but, uh, why were you so cautious about placing a more focused effort in the first place on having your sermons readily available online, even up until the point that you decided to place more of an emphasis on the YouTube preaching, you had really scaled back the amount of just the MP3 files you were making available online. And, and I know that some people were taking them and making them, you know, uh, in, in an unethical fashion available in other places and things like that. But is it all just wrapped up in the fact that you were, your distaste for the internet or, or no, you know, the, why were you so? No, the, the, I think the main thing is what I touched on earlier. It, it has created a competition right. among preachers. It's created a, a mindset among church members. Come on, let's, let's be, let's be honest. Up until Christian, up until radio, so we're talking about 1,900 plus years of church history. Mm -hmm. The only preacher you ever heard is the one in your town. Right. And it might have been a big deal once a year to have a visiting preacher come in for a revival. Sure. So for all you knew, your pastor was as good as anybody. Yeah. As all you, uh, for all you knew, your preacher was as good a preacher, as good a Bible student as there was anywhere in the world. Sure. What Christian radio allowed was for everybody to enjoy the two or three dozen best preachers in America. Well, that's a blessing, but it's not necessarily a blessing to everybody's pastor. Right. Cause now he's got to compete for your respect mm -hmm. with somebody who has much different gifts than him. Right. It's not fair. Right. <clears throat> so that, that got narrowed down with, um, cassettes. Now it's opened up again with the internet. Now anybody and everybody can put their stuff on the internet mm -hmm. and everybody in the world can see it. Right. But what that allows, it allows the guy in Topeka, Kansas to search until he finds his two or three favorite preachers. Right. And now his pastor has to stack up next to this guy's two or three favorite preachers and everybody in his church who's interested in hearing preaching has found their two or three favorite preachers. And he's probably not anybody's favorite preacher because he's just a guy trying to pastor a church in Topeka. Right. So it's caused, uh, I, I think, a great decline in respect for the guy that's just hammering out three sermons a week and it's hard for him to do mm -hmm. and making hospital visits and knocking on doors and maintaining a prayer time. He's really involved in people's lives. Yeah. He's got to compete with somebody who does nothing but goes to his studio and delivers his internet message of the week <laughs> or on his tractor and right. is the front seat of his car or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's impossible for pastors to compete with that. Sure. Um, here, 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 here's, here's what we bring to the table. I have, I, I have extensive training in study, book study. I got a degree in journalism, a degree in English. Um, I, I, I used to criticize it. Now I thank God for it. I've had extensive training in studying. Mm -hmm. I've got a gift. My gift is reading, comprehending, making sense of it, and communicating that. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my thing. 
It doesn't make me better than anybody. That's my thing. Sure. I have been blessed to pastor a church full of people who let me do my thing and encourage me to do my thing while I encourage them to do their thing. So on top of that, I've been preaching 40 years. Mm -hmm. The last 15 years or so, I've preached five or 600 times a year. Mm -hmm. And I I can say this to you and I'm scared because I don't know. I should be better at this than almost anybody alive. I, I should I should be better prepared to do this than almost anybody who's pastoring. Right. So it's not fair to the guy who just got out of Bible school and is two years into pastoring his first church right. that the people in his church are comparing his Sunday sermon to mine. Sure, it's not fair, right. but it's there, yeah. and it and and it's just inherently part of the of the problem that's created here. Right. So it doesn't matter how many times I say on the internet, I'm not a substitute for your pastor and watching these videos is not a substitute for going to church. It's going to become one. More and more people are going to drop out of church to watch their favorite guy on the internet. Right. And it's going to kill or, or further kill Christianity in America because God didn't build an internet ministry. He <laughs> built a church. Yeah. Okay. Here's the other negative with it. And I'm, I, I know I told, I told you, <laughs> I, I, cause I'm so concerned about this. There are guys on the internet who have never proven themselves and don't have to prove themselves. Sure. They're in a basement or a, a studio and they've got the right backdrop and they got the right lighting and they've got the right equipment and they have instant, the same instant credibility that I do mm-hmm. because there they are on the internet. Sure. They don't have to build a church. They don't have to win souls. They don't have to keep people coming to church. Mm-hmm. They don't have to have any character. They right. don't have to have any Christian mm-hmm. life. Nobody knows who they are. Right. Nobody knows a thing about them. The guy could be a total loser. <laughs> he could be a total reprobate with a talent and a gift to tie current world events to some Bible verses. And he's got the same, the same credibility on the internet right. that a guy who's pastored for 30 years has. That's not good. Right. It's not good. But you you can't. You can't do away with it. So it gives everybody a voice. It gives everybody access to the world. And you want what? <laughs> Let me get through all the negatives and then you can ask me some stuff to <laughs> no, pull good. out some positives. You're good. All right. So I preach on the radio in 1995 on 20 stations and I preach a sermon on Jezebel. And I say, Jezebel's got a big mouth, and Jezebel's <laughs> painting her face, and Jezebel's running Ahab, and a bunch of people don't like it. Right. You know what they've got to do if they don't like it to, to let me know they don't like it? They have to write a letter, sure, put it in an envelope, yeah. put a stamp on it, and mail it. Right. Which few will do. And if they do... The only person who ever sees their complaint is me. Now, I'm not halfway through a sermon, and every Yahoo in the world is using my YouTube spot for his forum to type in his disagreements and his arguments and his view. I'm giving the world an open door to criticize the preaching of the word of God while it's going on. And I ask our guys, why don't we close the comments? Because the more comments you get, the more it drives the channel and the more people watch. And I'm like, I am, I am giving space for people to write heresy. Right. 
while I'm preaching. <laughs> so more people listen to me. So listen, here's an example. And I try not to look at it because it just makes me angry. Sure. So here's a sermon online. And this sermon is on Christians dealing with suffering. Comment number one, thanks for this, I was suffering. Comment number two, this was a real blessing. Comment number three, this really helped my heart. Comment number four, if I found out my daughter was a homosexual, what do you think Jesus would have me say to her? <laughs> it has nothing to do with the sermon. It's bait. Yeah. It's somebody trying to start an anti-Christian argument. Sure. So you know what follows it? Ten Christians yeah. telling this person from all different backgrounds wrong answers. Yeah. Nobody, nobody is commenting on behalf of Jesus Christ and right. telling the truth. Right. And I'm looking at this and I'm infuriated. I'm like, this is under my sermon. <laughs> yeah. Get this stuff off of there. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. But and I'm not criticizing them. But all our guys tell me, preacher, you just got to ignore it because the more of that stuff that's on there, the more people are going to watch your sermons. And that's what we want is people watching your sermons. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> there's just a whole lot of this that. It is. It's difficult. Now, and that's one of my frustrations with social media and why I stay, you know, so Kristen and I, we, we have a rule. We limit social media use to 10 minutes a day. That's it. Because I'll go on there and I'll see a question. Maybe the person's sincere. Maybe they really want mm -hmm. to know the answer to some some great Bible question or 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 they're really just trying to get an answer to something that might be pertinent to them, you know, coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And I get excited and I go to the comments to give them an answer and there's a thousand answers from people from all over the world yes. from wildly different backgrounds. Yes. And even if I did post something truthful there, it'd be attacked by the other thousand people right. in the comments. Right. And the person that needs to see it, that asked the question would never see it because it's buried in all that garbage. Yeah. And that, okay. I'll, I'll give an example. Yeah. So we're, we're, the church is shut down because of the COVID Corona, um, Chinese the, flu. the, the TDS <laughs> virus right. that's going around. And, so we're live streaming church service, and there's a, a thing called—saying this like you don't know. Sure. I didn't know this. There's a live chat. Right. So while the preacher's preaching, yeah. the people who are watching on the internet are talking to each other. Right. Would that happen in church? <laughs> no. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Oh, good to see you. Right. It's not church. Right. It's not a substitute for it's church. It's not, not at all. So while the live chat is going on and I'm preaching, some guy types in, I don't agree with this. Right. Nobody's going to stand up in church and say, <laughs> I don't agree with this. And when he does, <laughs> 10 people aren't going to start a conversation with him right. about why he should agree with it. It's not church. Right. So when people say, well, we don't have good church to go to. We just do church online. It's not church. Right. And you might get dressed up the first two or three Sundays like you're going to church. That ain't going to last. Sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be pajamas, and then it's going to be pajamas while you eat cereal, and then it's going to be wearing it out of the kitchen. It's just, I, it just, I'm glad we can yeah. put the gospel out on the internet. But there's just a lot about it that I'm just not. It, 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 there, I'm just not there is a lot about it that is problematic, and yeah. and I, I don't know that at the moment there's a a valid solution to them. There isn't. So there isn't. Okay, so let's do the shut in. Yeah. Let's do the person that's homesick. What we did for decades was someone during the week go visit them. <laughs> took them a copy of the sermons from okay. Sunday yeah. on cassette or CD right. personally. Sure. So they still got the sermon, but they also got a visit. Right. Well, now, again, it's 
we're taking the personal part out of it. Absolutely. I don't need to go visit the guy in the nursing home. Send him a link. He can watch it online and I can put a little emoji on there with my hand waving. <laughs> I bet a, I bet an 85-year-old guy in the nursing home, let's see, I have a choice, a personal visit from a friend or a picture of a hand waving. Come on. It's sure. like. Sure. <laughs> well, with all that being said. Let's go positive, please. I, I need to get a little positivity here. Now a few years into a more focused online effort, yes. has it been helpful to the Bible Baptist Church? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, honestly, I don't know. It hasn't, I don't see that it's been helpful to our church. Okay. I think it has allowed our church to have one more avenue to help others. Sure. That's what I would say. Our church wants to reach the whole world with the gospel. And you're a missionary. We've got several missionaries from our church. We support missionaries. We're all for missionaries. The money that I spend to support one missionary in one town, Mm -hmm. that same money spent on the internet can reach everybody in the world. That's that's the theory. And that's the possibility. But the fact is that one missionary can actually do evangelistic work that is calculable and verifiable and biblical. And so I get 7,000 clicks from people who watched a sermon on last week. I don't know if anybody was paying attention. I don't know if anybody was listening. I don't know if anybody got saved. So it's it's an opportunity. Still no substitution for boots on the ground. It's not. It's but not. It, but it is like a virtual gospel tract. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I think I think sermons on YouTube are like handing out tracts. Most of them are just going to fall on the ground. Some of them are going to get read, and there will be some fruit from it that you can't really measure. Well, and, and I think and, internet preaching is the same way. Sure. So in in light of COVID-19 and the, at least to date, request <laughs> to stay home and, uh, and quarantine and social distance, um, has the live stream and having that access to the live stream, would you say it has been a blessing through this? Does it further add to your frustrations through this or what, what is your? Okay. Uh, up until this point. It has been a great blessing to make the church services available by live stream or by through the internet. It's been a great blessing. My concern with closing was that there would be people we would never see again if, if it was church was closed for any length of time. You already see that with a live stream. Mm-hmm. The very people you're concerned about not coming back to church, if they're not coming to church when it's in their living room, right. my my fear is, yes, the live streaming is a good bridge for the people who are devoted, but it doesn't really provide anything for the people who aren't devoted, and it it. And that's why I say I don't know how it's going to turn out. Sure. But there could be a whole lot of people that are finding out these these past few weeks, wow, this is nice. Being home on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can watch church anytime I feel like it. I don't have to do it at a certain time. I don't have to get the kids dressed. Sure. Um, there's no pressure on me to to sing or to give. or <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just yeah, no, saying I, I, it's I not. I, I will say in light of that, though, we we ha- we did have that meeting in North Carolina, you know, through all the shutdown. It, it was so nice and so refreshing being in church, singing hymns together, and yeah, you know, the preaching wasn't that great because I preached that morning, but there was no, there's no substitute. It, it, it does not being at home with Kristen and I just watching on a screen. It is not a substitute, yeah, at all. Well, but I mean, here's here's what you got to think about. There are great Christian people in our church that I love dearly who just 
are thrilled with the idea of going out to restaurants and trying new foods. Right. Okay. That sure. They love it. They love it. There's probably four restaurants in the land I've been to in 30 years because <laughs> I know what I'm going to get right. and it's safe and it's quick and I can get back to doing what I want to do. It's just not something I'm interested in. If I can grab food on the way home and not even take it home, just eat it before I get home. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Cause, cause eating at a restaurant to me is not a big deal. Right. Okay. So I think there's a lot of people who are saved and maybe even love the Lord who really don't care all that much about going to church. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that big a deal to them. Sure. The fellowship's not a big deal. The outreach is not a big deal. They go to church cause it's something they're supposed to do. And they picked our church or whatever church because that preacher appeals to them. Right. But you know, that's what they do. They come to church, they hear the preaching, they go home. Nobody knows them. They don't know anybody. They don't do anything because yeah. church is not the, and I just fear that what's happened across our country during these weeks is a lot of those people have found out they can get takeout. Yeah. They don't have to go to the restaurant yeah. and they don't have to tip the waitress. And they, I'm just, I, it'd be interesting to see what happens when the doors are open again. Sure. Hopefully that's coming soon. But now, as we wrap it up, um, how can men like myself, and we have other men in the church that that do a lot online, far more than than I do, um, but how can men like myself that desire to have an, a helpful online presence make certain we do so without stepping outside the bounds of the authority of our local church? Well, the first thing I would say is you you don't establish any ministry without the approval of church leadership. I wouldn't, within that ministry, I wouldn't preach or teach anything that wouldn't be approved by church leadership. Right. That's not the church trying to control you. That's that's you not causing division and, sure. and strife within the church. Um, and I think it's, it's important that myself, all, all the way through everybody in the congregation, that internet ministry is not a substitute for what God told us to do in the Bible. Giving the gospel on a cassette tape or giving the gospel on a, on a, whatever you call it, a social media page is not witnessing. If there's nobody there, you're not witnessing. If you're not talking to anybody, you're not witnessing. So it's, well, I, I don't have to witness today. I did a, I posted something on Facebook. Sure. Yeah. People I'm, think that way. I'm though. glad yeah. you posted something on Facebook about the Lord, but you didn't witness to anybody. Right. That you you know that you didn't give somebody the gospel. Now if you can if you can type back and forth to somebody in Afghanistan and he says, "What must I do to be saved?" and you, so you know what I'm saying. I'm not sure. And so in the same way that watching a preacher online is not a substitute for going to church, I, I don't think recording something and uploading it as a substitute for witnessing to people. Right. Um, I mean, maybe somebody's going to invent one day virtual missionary work. <laughs> I'm sure it's where coming. you just, you, <laughs> maybe we, so, but I, I don't, I don't think that's, that's it. So the positives, here's the positives. I can go online. I did it last night. Um, I, I watched two of my favorite pastors, different time zones. I watched their church services mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. Yeah. That's really that's really neat. Amen. Um, last Sunday, I watched a church service in Australia. It was Monday there. No, no, I tell you, it was Saturday here. It was Sunday there. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. Yeah. And I, 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 it's I'm I'm thrilled that. We can preach a sermon here, we can put it on the internet, and anybody in the whole wide world can watch it. That's great. I also think it's a blessing that because of the way we teach the Bible, we can make available to lots and lots of people 
different truths about the Bible they're never going to get mm-hmm. if we don't put it out there. I'm not saying we're right and everybody else is wrong. I'm just saying we 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 try to cover everything. Sure. And most pastors are not going to do that. Right. They've got different, you know, different points of emphasis, different calling of things. So, uh, for example, Jeff this month he posted the sermon that we preached on uh, when uh, Chris and Nicole's little baby died. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And we taught through the Bible on what the Bible says about the death of a little child. Right. Well, isn't it great that everybody in the world can, if they're searching for loss of a child, yeah. I can tell them what the Bible says. I don't know anybody else preached on that or sure. put that on online. You know, she got her wings and, you know, she's in heaven riding a, a rainbow pony and all that. I mean, here's the Bible, you know, right. here's what the Bible says. So so I'm really thrilled that we can do that. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be 100% negative. I think it's great. Sure. I've just, uh, so, so that's a blessing. It really helps that you have genuine statistics that, wow, there they are. Um, this many people are listening. This many people watched. I like that. That's that's encouraging. You don't get that with radio. Right. But I do have to give you one more negative because I almost forgot about it. Go for it. In a country like ours, up until recently, I can preach anything I want in this church and our doors stay open. Okay? Mm-hmm. On the radio, I can preach anything I want. And if that station manager objects, he can remove me from that radio station. He can't remove me from the radio. Right. Brother, everything we've got on YouTube, one man can make it all disappear tomorrow. Right. That's not good. Sure. That's not good. So you have recourse to protect your church. Right. You have recourse to protect the biblical outreach ministries of your church. You have no guarantee you're going to have an internet ministry next week. Right. You preach one thing, you say one thing that, that one of the lords of, of the, you know, the gods of this world doesn't like, yeah. and those principalities and powers can take you down. Sure. So if if guys think internet ministry is going to replace, what, is going to be the same as what books were, cassettes were, CDs were, they're not. Because a very, very few people have total control over everything you've got on that internet. Right. Yeah. So well the idea of that you know, the idea of cancel culture, which is a big thing right now. That was one of the terms I was going to ask you about. Yeah. Well cancel culture is, is uh defined basically or in essence what it is is postmodernism, humanism, Marxism, communism, socialism, they have essentially teamed up and they have organized groups that go online or that that search throughout the United States and, and maybe even the world, I'm sure at this point. And they look for any dissenting opinion. If you don't agree with their stance on communism or on homosexuality or on abortion or whatever the case may be, they organize together and they attack you with the, with the purpose of ruining your name, your life, your character, your business. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll go as far as they need to go to, to harm you. It's on a small scale. We saw it here in Deland when mm-hmm. we were out on the street and, they, yeah. and all those people organized against our street preaching. Right. But that's a very small scale locally here. And what you're talking about and what I'm referring to in cancel culture is it'll spread across the web. They have systems established to make sure it spreads like wildfire. Okay. And it's it's all meant to harm you. And, and that's what you're referring to is this ability that for the wrong person to yeah. to get a hold of it. So I guess what I'm saying to to... All of our guys that are using the internet to get the word of God out, mm-hmm. that you just you can't count on this being a permanent means of, of spreading the word. If you're gonna do it, you gotta do it now. Right. So that's yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Just get as much out there as we can. But the more content you put up, the more of a target you become. So yeah. the Bible says, under the pure, all things are pure. Mm-hmm. Bible says nothing is unclean of itself. I'm probably quoting that one wrong, but 
think that's the general idea there. Sure. So a piano is not going to play jazz music ever. Right. Somebody's heart and skill will use that piano to play a godly song or an ungodly song. Mm-hmm. It's not the piano. It's the heart. Mm-hmm. And whatever it might be, a car. You can use a car to go to work. You can use a car to run somebody over and kill them. It's, <laughs> it's not the car. Which terrorists do. <laughs> yes, yes. It's not the car. So the internet in and of itself right. is, it's just a thing. It doesn't have any life yet of its own, and it, it can't do anything yet. It's coming to its own. <laughs> but so the problem with the pornography on the internet is not the pornography on the internet. It's the heart right. of the person who has the phone or the computer. Sure. Um, it is, it is funny to me how uh, these, these guys I knew in the day who were death on anybody owning a TV and death on anybody going to the movies are all day long watching videos on the, on the internet. Yeah. So so this idea that it won't ever get a hold of me, I don't think it's valid. Right. It's got a hold of pretty much everybody yeah. in the world. So I'll give you the testimony of one preacher, and just you can do what you want with it. But a pastor friend of mine, back 30 years ago now, however long ago it's been, went to the store bought the big old computer and the big box that sits under the desk, set it all up in his office. They taught him how to work it. He learned how to do email, and it's really great. He said he'd had it for about three weeks, and he was sitting there one night in his office, and he said the thought came into his heart. Mm -hmm. You know, you can look at naked women on that computer. He unplugged it. He went in the house and apologized to his wife. And the next day he took it back to the store and he said, you can give me my money back or not. I can't have this thing in my house. Now, it's not the computer. It's not the internet. It's, It's the heart. So I would say to anybody, if you can't control you, you can't control the internet. Right. And if you are out of control, you need to get rid of your computer. I have to have one for work. Get another job. Right. Right. <laughs> just, yeah. just be like anything else. Right. If, you, if you can't, if you're, if you're prone to drink, if you, if you're prone to look at pornography, you can't have a computer in your house. You sure. just, it's just too easy. The first ever highly publicized internet concern was the explosion of pornography. It's not only problematic from a biblical perspective, but the fruit it has borne is devastating. Every second, an estimated 28,000 people are watching pornography in some form online. Every second, more than $3,075 is being spent on pornography online. Every day, there are an estimated 38 million porn-related searches which makes up 25% of all searches online. 35% of all internet downloads are porn-related. More than 47% of American families report pornography has disrupted their home in some way. Pornography increases infidelity in marriage by an estimated 300%. I don't believe I can name any other advancement, such as the internet, that comes with such potential for greatness, but also comes with serious potential for danger. How do you as a pastor help your people navigate such minefields? What instruction do you give them? Should we just continue to dabble online as though it's okay and there are no dangers or no harms to be aware of? While I hesitate to end on that note, I do hope this conversation is sobering for God's people. The internet should not be your only means of Bible interaction. And for that matter, this is a personal opinion, but it grieves me to see a pastor 
or a missionary walk into a pulpit with no Bible in their hand, but a digital device, an electronic device. Again, that's, it's my opinion, but that is not a sufficient substitute. There's something about a man that believes God walking into that pulpit with the Bible in his hand that makes a statement to everyone watching. They're about to hear preaching from the word of God. Now, of course, currently we're faced with a pandemic, but we have the responsibility to assemble ourselves together with like-minded believers. Personal interaction with God's people through fellowship is an essential aspect of the Christian life, one we are desperately missing in our current distress. The internet is a wonderful tool, but it comes with serious potential dangers. Furthermore, it is not a suitable replacement for real-world interaction. The world has changed greatly since the days of radio preaching. Some of the changes have been beneficial and others have been detrimental. Yet I have noticed lives that are built upon real physical relationships with real people, people that you see in person on a regular basis, those lives are the strongest. Lives built in virtual reality tend to shatter easily. So as you listen to this online, (laughs) pass it on to your friends. Don't venture into areas of the internet you should not be in. Thank you for listening and God bless. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.plenteousredemption.com. You can hear more Plenteous Redemption podcast audio at www.plenteousredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.